Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about your life, <laughs> how you can activate purpose and hope in your life. It's very important. And for me, it's more important to have happiness than money, properties, many other things. And uh, I remember when I had bad experience chasing money, I had a few projects and um, yeah the main goal was to earn money but i failed i wasted resources for three years and then i switched my approaches to do something that i like if i enjoy the process i can go ahead and you know money will come as well uh, i'm so excited to discuss this topic with sean thompson how are you good good and it's great to um, it's great to speak to you and uh, just before we went live we were discussing uh, the issues that your homeland is facing with the invasion of russia and certainly I speak to hundreds of thousands of people and I talk about hope and purpose. And certainly we're, we're really um, praying for hope for your nation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it's really hard in Ukraine uh, because uh, Mr. Putin decided to free free land. You know? <laughs> so because in Ukraine, people have freedom of speech and democracy. If I don't like Zelensky, I can tell I don't like my president. It's my opinion. And that's okay. In Russia, you can't. 15 years in prison. If your opinion is against uh, Russian propaganda, Russian official version. And yeah, uh, it's, it's hard. I hope Ukrainian army will provide a good job to destroy this army of slaves and we can see right now with this support western support uh, many countries plus 44 countries of worldwide help ukraine to destroy the second army uh, in the world so yeah that's okay but it's part of life it's history i hope uh, you know um, i check out american history many other uh, events that we had in our history yeah yeah we can't move ahead without destroying something like this some regimes so yeah ukraine can do it today and yeah i'm 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 so glad to be ukrainian today uh sean before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and why you decided to uh pay so much attention to this topic about life about hope about purpose any tips insights about that sure well i was uh, for many years i was a professional athlete i was a world mm -hmm. surfing champion uh, i competed on the pro tour around the world surfing in the world's biggest waves most dangerous waves for 16 years wow uh, during my career i was the youngest guy to win an event i was the oldest guy to win an event um, and i won 19 major pro events and all over the world in south africa where i'm from in Hawaii, Japan, the United States, many, many countries. And um, when I was uh, competing, I also uh, became an entrepreneur. I started my first company, it was called Instinct. We made uh, clothing, we made sportswear, uh, and we sold in 13 countries and built the company up into, into a really good size. And I sponsored other surfers, I sponsored other surfers to become world champions as well, young surfers from Australia, and I had a wonderful surf team. And, during that period, not only was I a competitor and a businessman, but I also became a mentor to many other young people. And I, I loved doing that. I loved helping other people fulfill their dreams and realize, realize their dreams. And then uh, I became involved in environmental causes at a young age. I became uh, the first ambassador and member of, um, of a very large, which today is a very large surfing environmental organization called Surfrider Foundation. So... I think from an early age, I, I found that it was important to give back uh, and not just to take. And I've come to understand that, you know, a fundamental meaning and purpose in life is that, yes, we want to be successful and we want to be better, but we want to help others be better too. Um, so after I retired from the uh, professional tour and I helped build the professional tour from a, from a sport into a lifestyle and a business. And today the professional surfing circuit is worth 
I think about around $100 million. And we have many young people around the world, guys and girls, competing and uh, you know, helping, helping realize their dreams. And surfing also now today is in the Olympic Games. It's going to be in the Olympic Games uh, in Paris in 2024. And it's wonderful to see the development of the sport and to have, a, to have had an uh, involvement in the creation um, of that sport. And then when I retired from the professional tour, um, in 1990, I sold my company and eventually I moved to the United States with my wife and, and I had a five-year-old son and I worked for a wonderful company called Patagonia, which back then was a small company. It was about a $116 million company. Uh, but the company was really focused on purpose, not just on profit, sales and growth. Like you said earlier, it wasn't just chasing profit, but it was yeah. focused on profit, sales, growth and purpose. Um, and it was wonderful to work for that company for a couple of years and really learn how purpose can be a fundamental part of an organizational of an organization's uh, mission. It's not all about just making money and making money for the shareholders. Like, what can you do to create a mission that's also better for the environment, better for the world? So I learned a lot working for Von Chenard. And, and recently, three months ago, Yvonne gave his $3 billion company away uh, to um, help with climate change and help with uh, making the world a better place through taking care of the planet. So he really put his money where his mouth is, gave away a $3 billion company um, to a nonprofit now that's focused on, um, focused on the planet. So, you know, I learned these lessons at, 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 at a pretty young age. And then uh, after I left Patagonia, I worked there for a couple of years. My wife and I started another brand. We called it Solitude. My first brand was called Instinct. Uh, our second brand was called Solitude. And we built it up and then ultimately sold the brand after about eight years in business to, to a publicly traded corporation. And then I uh, wrote my first book. It was called Surface Code. And um, during that period of selling the company, writing my first book, uh, my wife and I lost our beautiful son, who was 15 at the time. Uh, he played a dangerous game that he heard about at school. Um, and that took my life down a, a completely different path and a completely mm -hmm. different direction. And I started talking to schools and universities and the world's largest corporations about how to create a sense of purpose in your life, how to create hope in your life in order to build a better life and build a better world. So um, I released another book. My first book was called Surface Code. I released another book. Uh, it was called The Code, uh, The Power of I Will. And this code mm -hmm. was really a simple tool to activate positive decision-making in one's life and to give one power to create and live a purposeful life. And the code concept's really simple. Everyone writes 12 lines. Just anyone can do it. Right now, your, your people listening can do it. You pick out a sheet of paper, pick up a pen, and devote 15 minutes of quiet time to writing 12 lines, every line beginning with our will. And you write your purpose, you write your mantra, you write your mission in 12 lines in 15 minutes. And it's amazing what people write. And this process has helped millions of people. I like to say, find your purpose, find your power, find your path. And the code is a simple way to find your purpose. Because we're so busy in life and we're creating projects and we're with our family and we're on vacation and we're in business. And sometimes we forget about the big picture. And this little myth is a way to sort of just look at the big picture simply and write it down and commit to it. I will pray. I will have hope. I'll have faith. Whatever, whatever you might write. People don't write, I will make a million dollars or I will hit my third quarter goals. People write fundamental and strong words about their ultimate mission. And every single line is imbued with hope because I will is not I was or I am, it's about the future. It's about hope. So these words give people faith and hope. And if anyone 
from the Ukraine is listening. And yes, the country's going through terrible turbulence and turmoil. These simple words that you can write can be a source of hope. I like to think that the words of other people inspire us. The words of Nelson Mandela, the words of Zelensky, the words of Obama, Biden, Martin Luther King, you know, who, who Winston Churchill, words of others inspire us. But our own words transform us. Our words are the words that activate change and transformation, not the words of others. Yes, the words of others might ignite the fire of hope and inspiration, but you want to create transformation? Write it down, 12 lines. Every line begins with our will. So I've done that. I've been doing this with over a million people. I work with the largest corporations in the world. I work with sports teams. I work with inmates in prisons. I work with PTSD survivors, people in rehab, schools, some of the finest universities in the world. And it's, it's a really simple process. And I like to say the code method, it's open source code. So anyone can use it in any way they want to help themselves and to make the world a better place. And that's what I do. Nice. Love it. Love your experience. Awesome. Great. Yeah. I enjoy listening your experience. And uh, you mentioned uh, that, you know, uh, I, I like to use this approach. Uh, in marketing, for example, givers usually get more than takers. And you mentioned about that. You need to give, give, uh, and then you can take back. But you can take back if you create the feeling of uh, guilty or uh, reciprocity rule. You know, when people get value from you, they want to give something back. But you don't ask about that. Can you tell more about your methods to give, give? Because you wrote two books. Uh, you uh, bring a lot of value. You help uh, people. So can you tell uh, how to create such strategy? I mean, like uh, to give and help others but to help you uh, i mean like uh in your purpose of life for uh, improving your quality of life any insights about that well what i found is that when you give unconditionally and when mm -hmm. you give without any expectation of anything in return and whatever that might be it might just be being kind it might be giving someone advice it might be donating money to um, a particular cause, an environmental cause or a social justice cause or a community cause. Um, I found that the real recipient and the real gift comes not to the person that gets it, but it's to the person that gives it because it makes you feel better about your life. It creates a, a wonderful feeling of self-esteem and yes, good things just flow from it. I think kindness is like a wave that keeps on rolling. And the more you ride that wave, the better you are as a person. And I try to connect with as many people as I can. And I found that these connections create this rolling, this rolling wave of optimism, this wave of kindness, this wave of, of positivity. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So I was a young guy in South Africa, surfing on the pro tour, winning contests around the world. I was the number one surfer in the world. And I met a young, a young guy in South Africa. He was a young boy. He was about maybe 12 years old. And he was working in the garden, in my mom's garden. And my mom employed his mom, his mother, to help with the housework around the house. And in those days, it was a time of segregation in South Africa. It was all called apartheid. It was a system where the economic benefits flowed to the white community and the black community had a very, very hard time. So he said to me, Sean, you know, I wanna finish my school, but my mom doesn't have much money. I said, well, I'll, I'll help you with money for school. I was a pro surfer making lots of money and I helped, I helped the kid. And then he graduated and he said, Sean, you know, I want to go to university. And in those days of segregation, not many black kids go to university in South Africa. So I said, sure, I'll help pay your way through university. And I did. And uh, this went on for a number of years. And then my wife and I moved to the United States 
and I started working for Patagonia. And I lost touch with this guy. His name was Ernest Bongani in Corsi. And I went back to South Africa on a tour, on a school tour to speak to students, about 60,000 students in South Africa. And when I was on the back on the tour, he heard about the tour and he phoned me up and he, and he, he said, Sean, do you remember me? My name's Ernest Bongani in Corsi. I said, of course I remember you. He said, well, I want to tell you about my life. I'm a school teacher now. In fact, I'm a high school principal. I have 1,600 students. I have two university degrees and two teaching credentials. And I want you to come and speak at my school. So I went and spoke at, at school and he introduced me. And he gave this most incredible speech before I spoke. And I've spoken with the best speakers in the world, with Malcolm Gladwell and Richard Branson and all sorts of famous people at big leadership conferences. And Ernest was by far the best speaker I've ever heard. And, and when I heard him speak, I was so proud of him, but also I was so happy for myself. I'd given him something so tiny and it wasn't any hardship for me to give him money because I was making lots of, I was making great money back then. But I, met, I was so proud of him and I was so proud of myself for having contributed to this man now who is every day contributing to the lives of his 1600 students. So this is the power of mentorship. This is the power of giving. And this is the power of kindness that it just made me feel like the greatest guy in the world. And all I'd done is give him a little bit of support, mentorship, and, 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 and some money. So you never know when you help people what they will do with that help and how they will ultimately go on and impact hundreds of thousands of other people because he's impacting 1,600 students each day. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. I love how you can share all these stories, <laughs> great stories. And, uh, you know, um, let's talk about how to find this purpose of life. For example, you know, when I was young, I loved soccer, but my parents decided that I need to develop my skills in musician now uh, in the, uh, to become musician to learn music i hate it really hate it i love my parents but i hated music <laughs> so uh, i didn't become musician uh, and uh, today uh, when i spoke to my son he told me i want to play soccer the first thing what i did I uh, found the best school that I can in our location, uh, soccer. Now, uh, and today he plays, he enjoys uh, the process. And I see when parents don't uh, listen to their kids, you know, for example, you uh, are good with uh, uh, in surfing. Yeah, it's your place. Uh, but for me, for example, if I see big waves, uh, I was in Hawaii when I saw them. It's not my direction. Uh, pro I don't know. Big waves or uh, sharks can scare me more. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not mine. But you love it. Uh, can you tell how to find the way for someone who doesn't know what to do? Because I often see it. People don't know where to go, what to do, how to provide this brainstorming to find your way. Well, you know, I had two wonderful parents growing up. And they were very, very supportive. Mm -hmm. And yes, education was important. Sport was important. But they really let uh, myself, my brother, and my sister follow our own passion. Yeah. Because you've only got one life. And life is, life is very short. And I think it's important to... Um, when you're young, it's important to experience many things. But as a parent... I think it's really important that, you know, you follow your own passion and that you don't try to um, make your child into something that, that they're not. So, so I think, you know, following, following one's own, own passion is, is really, really important. Um, now, how, how do you find out what you're passionate about? I think you can only find out through a variety of experiences. I, I'm mm -hmm. just in my perspective. When I speak to people and I speak to large organizations and large groups, I say, I give you two things. I give you a perspective 
of a life that's been lived with passion and purpose. Just a perspective. I'm not giving you a prescription. I'm not telling you which road to travel. So I give a perspective. And I've found that listening to others' perspectives is very useful because it's it, it's two things. A perspective is both a mirror into your own life. Like when you listen to others' perspectives, it's like a mirror into your own life. It's a mirror into your own perspective. And also it's like a window. It's a window into the future. It's a window into a place of, of possibility. So I give the perspective, which is a mirror and a window. And then I give a code method. Write 12 lines, every line beginning with our will. And this is a way to find your purpose and find your path. It's a way to commit to something that you're really serious about and something that you believe in. And that is your, your ultimate mission. Because no matter what my mission is, it's different to your mission and it's going to be different to your child's mission and it's going to be different to your spouse's mission. It's going to be different to your parents' mission and it's going to be different uh, to your colleagues' mission at work. But our mission and purpose, I like to think, has five elements, okay? And the acronym is AMAT because what is purpose? Purpose is a long-term commitment to achieve aims that are meaningful to yourself and the broader world. That's what purpose is. So how do you find the purpose? You write your 12 lines. And what is purpose? Purpose is comprised of five elements, I like to think. And the acronym is AMAT because purpose is this committed long-term uh, 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 commitment to, to achieving aims that are meaningful. So AMAT. First, purpose is aspirational. Purpose is like our North Star. It's something we aspire towards. It's not a goal. Purpose is not a goal. It's, it's aspirational. It's big. Then purpose is inspirational. Our purpose inspires us. And our purpose inspires others. You know, my purpose is to create a positive wave that breaks around the planet through activating purpose and hope. So... I believe my, my purpose is inspirational and it inspires me and it inspires others. Then it's moral. You know, it's the foundation upon which our life is built. It's moral. It's comprised of, of values. Then it's authentic. There's no BS associated with our purpose. It's true. My purpose is authentic to me. Your purpose is authentic to you. So it's like fundamentally true in my, in my heart. And last of all, it's timeless. It's not for today. It's forever. Our purpose, and when you write your code, I wrote my code 20 years ago, and still I have it in my wallet. I look at it. I don't look at it every day, but I look at it when I need to look at it. And those words that I wrote are my words. So they're words of transformation, and they're timeless. It's not like a smart goal. You, you've Everyone in organizations heard about a SMART goal, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-sensitive. It's not time-sensitive. It's, it's forever. So purpose is really, I think, is really important in our lives. And when you're young, you need to have a lot of different experiences so ultimately you can find your purpose. Because when you find your purpose, find your passion, you find your power, you find your path. So awesome. I encourage parents, it's it's really simple. Expose your your children to many different things. And whatever mm -hmm. they're passionate about, support them. My father and my mother were very supportive of what I did. Uh, my, my father was an athlete himself. Um, my mom was a person of, of hope. But they never told me what to do in the context of, when I was competing, my father was supportive, but he never said, Sean, you've got to ride this surfboard or you have to do this training regimen or you have to, when the, when the heat starts, you have to sit here or sit there. They gave me responsibility and I took the responsibility so that when I came in and if I lost, I would accept it. My father would say to me, when you win, winning's easy. You win like a gentleman, but when you lose, you lose like a man. You've got to man up 
and accept that loss. So I never blamed anyone else for my loss. Didn't blame my dad, my friend, the person that made my surfboard. There was only blame in one area and that was myself. So I was accountable to myself and I had that responsibility. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, great, great tip. I'm interested about another aspect like patience. You know, for example, if I know my passion, uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead, but I see people give up for some time because uh, they're not patient. They're willing to get overnight success or for short time, but it takes time, not weeks, days, months, years. It takes many years to spend time to achieve something meaningful. So can you tell about patience? How to get patience during the way and uh, don't give up if you can't get results for a long time? Yeah, you know, that's it's interesting. And, and it's early. There's, there's like three different elements there associated with ultimately achieving. So mm -hmm. you've got patience, yes. You've got commitment. And you've mm -hmm. got resilience, you know, they all, yeah. they sort of work mm -hmm. together. So yes, it's, it, it's not easy to be, it's not easy to be successful because the process requires commitment. It requires that fire. It requires that staying power. It requires that continually putting one foot in front of you. And if you wipe out and you fall off your board or you fall down, it requires that, well, I'm going to get back up again. I'm going to be committed to getting back up on up again to ultimately achieving my objective or, or achieve my aim. So yes, there's perseverance and resilience, resilience and that something goes wrong. You like a reed. And you get blown over in the wind, but then you, then you bounce back. And then there is that fundamental belief that, and I always tell my son, there's only one way to get better, and that's to practice. Yeah, that's practice, and you've got to commit to that practice. And that was for me the reason I became the number one guy in the world at the time was. I love the process. So if you don't love the process and you don't have the passion, which is the fuel for the process, the passion is the fuel for commitment. The passion is the fuel for resilience. The passion is the fuel to be patient. It's going to be very difficult. That's why it's so important. Find your purpose, find your passion, find your power, find your path. You know, you've got to find something that you love so that you will continue, you will continue, you will continue. And for me, I, I used to say, hey, I never considered surfing practice. I would spend eight hours in the water sometimes, eight hours. I, I would spend eight hours without coming in. Why? Not because I, I, I wanted to be the best guy in the world and, and, and be the world champion and win surf contests, but because I loved it. I loved yeah. the process and underlying that, Underlying that is the passion. So figure out what you love. Figure it out. Find out what you love. You've got one life, baby. One life. So yeah. just figure out what it, what is it that you love. You love soccer. Well, how am I going to build my life around soccer? You love uh, NFL. How are you going to build your life around soccer? You don't have to be playing in an NFL team. You can be a coach. You can be in the business. Side. Yeah. Whatever it is there, if you have a passion, you'll find the purpose, you'll find the path, you'll find the power. And, uh, you know, they don't always follow in that chronological order, but it's find your purpose, find your passion, find your power, find your path. Those are all interrelated. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more with that. I think, you know, People give up because they can't get results for a short time. But, uh, for example, they can 
Overwatch TV six hours a day. You know, they're not waiting when someone will pay money for their hobbies. So your job is hobby. If it's not, find another job. And I'm interested about wrong choices. You know, according to data, uh, I found a few studies online that 70% of people are unhappy with their jobs. Most of them hate their jobs. So they made wrong choice before. Uh, can you tell how to change uh, such approach? For example, if someone made the wrong choice, uh, unhappy, but uh, the goal uh, is to change what uh, they have. Can you tell how to do it, how to find another way? Because, you know, uh, l- let me tell more about that. Uh, I have a friend and uh, he has a job. He has his job, but he needs to pay bills to feed family, kids, and he can't change a job. So uh, for my friend and many others who made wrong choice, what to do? You know, you are correct uh, in, in in the data, you know, Gallup, a massive mm-hmm. organization published a, a workplace study in 2022. And they found that nearly 70% of people are unhappy in, in their jobs. Um, and when I do these uh, large events with organizations, schools, universities, I ask people, send me one word that describes how you're feeling. And they'll text me a word and all the words come into the PowerPoint and it forms a word cloud on the screen. Um, so I've spoken to a few hundred thousand people over the last three years through COVID. And the four big words have been stress, anxiety, depression, and disconnection. So that's how people have been feeling about life, about business. Um, so that's a mindset. I call it a sad mindset. Sad, S-A-D-D-D, stress, anxiety, depression, disconnection. So, so how can you how can you change a mindset? Okay. So my method to help people is I'll give a perspective and I'll speak for an hour and a half and I'll give people my perspective on on passion and purpose. And then everyone writes their code, 12 lines. Every line begins with our will. And that's one part of the process that's very powerful when you write down the code. But another part that's incredibly powerful is when people share their code. So if you're in a group at work and you have a group of colleagues, maybe there's 15 or 20 or or however many people there are, everyone writes their code together and then everyone stands up and shares it. You read it, you read your code to other people. So people realize that while we are different, we have the same values. And our ultimate mission in life is twofold. We want to be better and we want to help others be better. So when people write their 12 lines, essentially they write a variation of that. I will have faith. I will pray. I'll be a lifelong learner. People want to be better. And then we want to help others be better. But now how to help someone that's unhappy where they are. So 200,000 people, the words are stress, anxiety, depression, disconnection. I give a perspective of passion and purpose. And if anyone wants to look up, you can go to my website and you can see a clip. You can see a 30 minute uh, uh, talk of mine, a perspective on passion and purpose. I did, I did a presentation for the Rotterdam School of Management. You can look at it. You can write your code. And then at the end of my presentation, after people have shared their codes, I ask people, send me a word that describes how you're now feeling. Send me a word that you're going to take home with you. I just want one word. What do you think the word is? One word? What do I give people? Uh... I need to think. <laughs> uh, I think uh, one just word. in one, one word. Okay. I'm asking uh, people. I say, okay. You've I think happy. Point. Happy. Happiness. Happy Happiness. Happy is a good word, but the word is hope. Hope. Okay. So without hope, there, there will be no happiness. So hope mm-hmm. is fundamentally important in people's lives. So now you're unhappy at work. Perhaps you need 
to do two things. One is to either have a mindset change and figure out a way to be happy at work. That's one possibility. The other possibility is to find a new job in which you will be happy. So one is to change your mindset about where you're at right now and perhaps some, bring something more to your job or make some changes at work so that you are happy or move to another job in another field. Those are the choices that you make. So life is about choice and what defines us are our choices. So in 2006, when my wife and I lost our beautiful son, Matthew, to a poor choice, he played a dangerous game he heard about at school. All the kids wore school ties. It was called the choking game. It was a dreadful game. And we lost our son when he played this game. And we don't know whether this game was a result of peer pressure or it was just going around the school and he decided to play this game. But it was a defining moment in my life because I realized that choices are really, really important. And what what's the power that helps us with choices? Find your purpose, find your power, find your path to make better choices. And I, I dug down into the research, just like you found out that many people are unhappy in their jobs. And every year in the United States, one million Americans die, preventable deaths that are caused by poor choices. Poor choices involved with traffic accidents, homicide, illicit drugs, suicide, bad eating decisions that lead to obesity, cancer, smoking. So there's a number of different causes for the one million deaths out of the two and a half million people that die every year. But these are choices. So choice is fundamentally important in our lives. And what can help us with choice? Having purpose, having power. And that's what I do. I try to help people create a framework for better choices. How can you move? So this is my latest book I wrote. It's called The Surf and the Sage. Mm -hmm. So this book, it came out a few months ago, is really about choices and about how to move and how to create transformation. And it's got 18 chapters. And every chapter is about two topics, anxious and calm, despair and hope. How do you move from the one to the other? How do you move from negativity to positivity? How do you, meet a, how do you move from exhausted to inspired? How do you move from powerlessness to empowered? And I've got to say, my principal technique is so simple. Hear a perspective, yeah. write your code, find the power. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, guys, you can find uh, links to the books in the description if you listen on uh, audio podcast. And Sean, I have the question about this word, code. You mentioned many times, uh, I lost my track how many times you uh, mentioned the word code. You have this word uh, in two books, uh, in title of books. Can you describe more? Uh, what code means because uh, people you know uh, for me uh, when i get the word code i can feel like website content uh, html code something like this but it's uh, human code <laughs> like it healing code it's, human, yeah. it's a human code and it's a human algorithm to make mm -hmm. your life better so algorithms were created to you know using massive amounts of data to create predictions to uh, create even more data. I mean, look at AI, the explosion of, of artificial intelligence. But this code is a human code. It's a mental code. It's a mindset code. And yes, code might be perceived as a listing of, human, of, of machine instructions. This code is a listing of instructions from yourself to lead a better life. And it's a commitment code. It's a code that you make to commit yourself to lead a better life. And another meaning for code is a list of values. And essentially when people write their 12 lines, 
each line represents a value, kindness, empathy. Um, you'll see when you write your code, your 12 lines, it's a magical process. And what you have written is incredibly inspirational, powerful, and beautiful. I like to think it's spirit code. It's spirit language. It's like a type of language, which is what a computer algorithm is, is composed of machine code. But this is spirit code. This is human code. It's, it's a different type of code that can activate transformation, hope, power, passion, purpose. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, I'm interested about, you know, how to uh, keep living, uh, find another goals, another goal. For example, you mentioned that you lost your son. That was tragic. And I have uh, a lot of Ukrainians who lost relatives, family members in this war oh, right now that we have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard. Uh, and... Uh, can you tell how to go ahead? Uh, yeah, it's hard to get such events. It's so hard to lose uh, uh, friends, uh, family members. Uh, it's so, so hard. But anyway, we need to go ahead. We need to keep, uh, I don't know, to find uh, methods to be happy. Uh, because it's one life you mentioned, it's short life. So can you tell how to do it after such tragedy that uh, someone can uh, meet in their lives? Yeah, it's very, it's a very difficult process um, to get over the grief of losing someone you love. Yeah. It's, 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 it's incredibly difficult. And all I can, all I can offer is what worked for me. Um, I read a lot of books. Uh, I went, uh, I reconnected with my faith, but it's a process and it's different for everyone. And it might not follow this particular order, mm -hmm. but this is what I discovered. So firstly, you have to understand there's going to be dreadful pain. Mm -hmm. And it's very painful to accept the reality of the situation, that you will never be able to put your arms around the person that perhaps you love most in the world again. But their spirit will never, ever die. That spirit will always be alive in your heart. That spirit will always be there. So you have to accept the what is, not the what if. Well, what if I'd done this? Well, what if I'd gone there? Well, what if I had told them this? Or what if there can be a million what ifs and you will spin down a rabbit hole of what if. So you have to accept the inevitability of that loss and the reality of that loss. And it's very, very, very hard to do. The second part is you have to forgive, which is unbelievably hard too. You have to forgive yourself and you have to forgive the perpetrator if there was a perpetrator. There has to be unconditional forgiveness which is really, really hard to do as well. So there's acceptance and then there's forgiveness. Then get help and accept help from whoever that might be. It might be a medical professional. It might be a friend. It might be a family member. Accept help. Be vulnerable enough to know that you're not a tough guy or a tough girl. You, you've got to accept help. And make the best use you can of these relationships. You know, when I had a loss, certainly my family helped me. Uh, I went to a medical professional. So, so you have to get this, you have to get this help and you have to be willing to accept the help. Then 
uh, reconnect with your faith, whatever that faith might be. Whatever you know, your faith or your religion is is reconnect with that faith and reconnect with God, and that certainly I found is helpful for me. It 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 was helpful. Then um, I think it's important to when you're ready is is because I, I remember going to a medical professional and he said to me, Sean, you've got to understand that time is your friend. That the further the period of time that's elapsed between the loss and your life, it's going to become easier to bear. So you have to understand that time is your friend. So whenever, whenever the person who's had this difficult loss uh, is ready is get involved with a project that's going to do two things. One, it's going to help people and it's going to memorialize the memory of the person that you've lost. So get involved with the project. I read a book, I made a film and it helped me the inspiring project that I got involved with helped me. You know, it just really helped me, um, It was like they gave me hope. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, and then um, reconnect with nature. And reconnect with, with your passion. And it's okay, you know, to smile again. It's okay to be happy again. I mean, all I can tell you is from, from my experience, you know, the, the, my passion was surfing. I loved surfing. Yes, my family was the most important to me, but I loved going surfing. And when I lost my son, I no longer had any passion. Surfers call it being stoked, the stoke. It's like a fire had gone out. So a friend of mine said, Hey, Sean, I've got to take you surfing. I've got to take you surfing. And I went, No, 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 I don't want to go. But eventually, after a couple of months, I went, Okay, I'll go surfing. And, and he took me surfing. And he took me to a place I'd never, <clears throat> I'd never surfed at before. And as I paddled out into the water, I, you know, I was crying. Mm -hmm. And the waves were washing against me and they were washing my tears away because it's like salt water. So it like washes your tears away. And mm -hmm. I paddled out and I was on the East Coast. So the sun rises out of the water. It like boils up out of the water. It was amazing to see the sun rising. And I caught a couple of waves and I could feel my son was with me. And it started to feel a bit better. And I paddled up to my friend and I said, what's the name of the surfing break? Every surfing break has a name. He said to me, it's called sunrise. So for me, that was a real expression and a knowledge of hope. And I connected back to the, to the sport that I loved and I connected back to nature and it helped uplift me. So there's a few things that um, perhaps people can use to ultimately find hope and to know that I promise everyone who's grieving that the sun will rise tomorrow. There will be a time of warmth and hope and sunrise. The sun will rise again in your life. Yeah. Inspirational. Awesome. Awesome. Sean, and I have the final question about uh, your experience. Let's imagine you started from scratch without knowledge, skills, anything. You didn't write two books. You didn't have experience in surfing. What will you do today uh, to become a happy man uh, in this life? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a, uh, that's a tough question, Anatoly, to, to say mm -hmm. like, you mean, what would I do different? different. What, yeah. would I, yeah. what would I do differently? Well, you know, I think when I look back on my life, I followed my passion. I followed mm -hmm. what I loved. And underlying it is that passion and love. So I would find something I was passionate about 
something that I loved, that I could build projects or I could build a business around it that would both inspire me and inspire others. So I think my path would have been very similar, but maybe surfing would not have been an element in it. It might've been another sporting activity or it might've been a, a business activity, but passion and love, I think passion, love and helping others need to be, would, would always have been a part of, of whatever life path I chose. I'm convinced of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. I, I completely agree. Without passion, I don't know how to go ahead, <laughs> you know, because passion makes us happy, you know, when we have passion, when you have goals, yeah, you can go ahead. I love it, Sean. It's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to learn more about you, how to follow you, how to read your books, how to reach out to you. Well, you can just go to my website, seanthompson.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn and on Instagram as well. <clears throat> so you can connect with me, me there. And then for, for anyone that is listening uh, from Ukraine, you know, I want to wish you hope. Um, I want to wish you power. And you've got to know that the world is with you. What you are doing to keep democracy alive in Eastern Europe is truly, truly inspiring. And the world salutes you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Ukrainian people, you know, are so brave. Ukrainian army so brave. That's awesome to get this support, weapons, money, anything, because it's really hard to fight with this regime but yeah it's life and I, i'm pretty sure that ukraine will win thanks a lot sean it's a big pleasure for your time for all your inspirational words i've learned myself i'm going to use some tips i'm pretty sure that uh, it's helpful for audience thanks guys a lot for listening and watching us thanks for listening to this entire podcast Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.